0: a total different rule and reigning than what the devil is. He has delivered us out of darkness and it said uh, in Psalms 107 when he was saying that it says uh, that he is good And he has delivered us. You have to understand the reason why you're breathing today because you serve a good God. The reason why you made it here today because you have a good God. The reason why you have food. I mean, we don't recognize the good that God has done because he loves us so much, and we only run to him when when things are going bad. But he's there with us. So we got to understand. But, yes, we have been redeemed. He has delivered us out of darkness into light, and he has redeemed us because if you know through the fall of man, We needed redemption and Jesus redeemed us through his blood and he cleansed us and made us right with God. But we still have an adversary. And that's what Dr. Jacobs is trying to tell you. You have to speak your dominion in the, in the spirit realm because in the spirit realm, that's where the angels are. That's, where the, that's when the Holy Ghost moves. Yeah. That's when God moves. So if you don't speak anything, no, nothing is moving on your behalf. Yeah. Even though you know the scriptures, you're not saying anything, you're not speaking out your de, dominion, okay? Yeah. So the, the Bible says that he's seeking whom he may devour. So it's easy for him to seek you, if you're not saying anything, to devour your finances, to devour your home, devour your mind. You're not saying anything. It says to resist him. And so you resist him with the word of God. You have dominion to resist him. You don't let the devil come in your life. And then you just look and say, oh, okay, oh, well, because Ephesians says that you have an armor. And the omer because you're in a warfare. It's a good fight. It's a fight, fight of faith. Yeah. Just like Dr. Jacob said. So we thank God for his word because if it wasn't for his word, you wouldn't know the victory that you have. No. Yeah. You know, you got to spend time with God. You know, in Joshua 1, it says to meditate upon the word day and night. This is a meditation to know who you are in Christ and to agree with him. Just like he said, you got to agree with the word. You got to get up from the presence of God and you got to agree with the word. And you have to tell the father, I agree with the word. Do you feel like it? No, I don't feel like it. But faith is not according to your feelings and your emotions. It's according to what God said in his word. And I thank God that he didn't base it on because this is a new day. Every day I get up, I say, this is a new day that the Lord has made. Do you not know really it is a new day? It is not yesterday. It is a new day. When God says new, he means new. When he said you became a new creature in Christ, he really means you became a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So this is a new day. So yesterday is gone, and today is a new day. So you can wake up everything, your finances, your health, everything today is a new day. You can start all over today with God. So, but what makes this not a new day is your thoughts. That soul man, that mind and that will and that emotion, it makes you think that I'm the same person. This is the same day. My finances will always be the same. My health will always be the same. My children will always be the same. But that is not true because this is a new day, new faith, new day, amen. And so Hebrews 1133, when I was reading that, it says that even the people in the Old Testament, they conquered and subdued kingdoms because of their faith. So this is a faith walk. The just shall live by faith. Amen. And faith is the word of God. So if you're not living by the word of God, then you're not living by faith. But in Genesis, I wanted to take you back to Genesis because I know that you all know this. (laughs) But I just want to separate it. Okay. In Genesis 1. Uh, 26. I just want to talk and put you because when you leave here today, I was looking at the lyrics of those songs and it was talking about Jesus and he did it. Jesus did it. I'm telling you, he really did it. And we owe him all the honor and all the praise because if it wasn't for Jesus, we would still be in our old situation with no hope. We would be going to hell. I mean, it, it would be a no hope situation. But because Jesus obeyed the Father, and send his only begotten son to come here and to deliver us, who would have done that? I wouldn't have given you Caleb. (laughs) That's my son. I prayed for him, you know. But God gave his only begotten son so that we could be redeemed and, back, and put back into the rightful place and position that he created us to be. There's a position that you're supposed to be in, and it's in Christ. Yeah. And Jesus came to do that. He told the Father, he said, prepare a body for me. I am ready to go because it said in the fulfillment of time, then he came. Yeah. And so Jesus asked for a body, and that's why he had to come because in order to be here on the earth, you have to have a body. Because we are spirits, and if we was a spirit, we couldn't see each other. But God created earth for man to rule. That's why you have a body, so that you can rule and reign on the earth. But in Genesis, it said this. It said Genesis 1:20. Uh, let me see, 25 or 26. Can you all let me know when it's time to... No, good. Oh, it's no, back. Better. Okay. Okay. I like that. Six. Okay. That's, that's my kind of clock. I was looking at that little one. I thought I can't see that. Okay. Okay. It says, and God said, let us make man in our image. And God is a what? A spirit. So he made man in a spirit. So you are a spirit being. That's the main thing about you is that you are a spirit first. And then he said this. And and, in our likeness, that means in our likeness, a spirit, a spirit has dominion. God has dominion in this earth. So he created us out of all things that he created. He said, let us make man. He didn't say let us make the fish. Let us make the animals. He said, let us make man in our image. One of the things that I realized is that God created the earth for man. He, man was just not an afterthought. And we grew up thinking that he just put us in the garden. No, he had a, a vision for us yeah. to rule and reign here on the earth. And he picked us to be in his likeness. So you know what? We're in covenant with God. He chose us to be of his kind. Because every animal had its own kind. But when God got to man, he said, let us make man in our kind. So we're children of God. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. And so he said this, "And and let them have dominion. He said, let us create them in our image, in our likeness. But then he said, but let them have dominion. So he gave dominion unto who? Us And look where he gave us dominion at. It Was it in heaven? No. Over the fish, over the sea, over the fowls of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. So male and female, we're all created in the image of God. We are a spirit, and we live in a dirt body. But guess what? When the dirt body dies guess what your spirit goes on to be with the father so don't get caught up with your dirt body ladies (laughs) don't put a value on it it's not going to be here too long okay but your spirit lives forever that's why first Peter says don't let it be the outward adorning let it be the inward man of the heart because your spirit will live forever But your body will not. So we got to start thinking of ourselves as a spirit being first. Then we got to understand that he gave us dominion. And in verse 28, said, and he blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it. See, we're supposed to be subduing the earth. You know, when the weather comes, I had somebody from church the other day call me about it because it was raining in Nashville. And evidently, they must have got caught up in about the storms being of of the devil. I don't know what they were talking about. And it was, you know, so anyway. So they called me, and they said, well, Pastor Cynthia, I mean, do you think when it rains, and I'm looking outside, I'm thinking, it's just raining. How can y'all get in a conversation about hurricanes or whatever, tornadoes? And they were acting as though they were getting ready to say, did this come from God? And I said, you have to replenish the earth. So rain has to come down from heaven to replenish the earth. I said, but when something is affecting man, and it's getting ready to harm man, then you can speak to that because that's what he said. He said you should have dominion over the sea, over this, over that. So when it's getting ready to harm man, then you have the right to say no, you will not in Jesus' name. So when it's harmful, that's when it's not of God. But the snow is okay. Even though you might live on the hill, it's okay that it's snow. They need to cleanse the grass, okay? So just walk up the hill. God ain't trying to kill you. That is not from God. (laughs) The snow is okay, okay? The rain is okay. But when the rain, and it floods, and it rains, and it floods, then that's not of God. And when they tell you on the news this is going to be a hurricane or a tornado coming in your area, then you can say, no, it's not. It will not come in my area because God says I have authority over the earth. And when Dr. Jacobs was talking about that, I started thinking, I said, there's so much calamity going on nowadays, so many mass shootings going on. So you got to say something, y'all. If you don't say anything, don't be talking about, well, what happened? I don't know. Well, they were, you, you were not saying anything about your perver- uh, preservation and your protection. You got to say that the Lord is with me always. He protects my going out and my coming in from this day forward. You got to say he protects my children from going out and they're coming in. You are blessed because he said in here, he said he blessed man. He calls us to be empowered and to succeed, so that is in your words. You have to talk your dominion. Just like Dr. Jacob said, he said he made us kings and priests in Revelations, and where the king word is, there is power, so there's power in your words if you're speaking God's word because he said that the word of God is powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, so it would do the work. You have to just speak the word and God will do the work. I think we're thinking that we're supposed to be doing the work, after, you know, and that's why I'm not speaking. I'm not doing anything. No, God would do the work. He just needs you, your mouth, to be a vessel with his word in it to agree with what he said in his word, and he would do the work. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I just speak it and the Father does it. So don't think that you have to do the work. You're not supposed to do the work. He gave us a simple part, just speak it. And you know you talk all day anyway. Just start talking the word, you know. And so once you get the word in you, the word goes in your heart. When you meditate on the word, it goes in your heart. Then it comes out of your mouth. But do you not know that you can have the word in your heart and say something wrong and it still won't come to pass? Because your heart and your mouth, they have to agree. So if they disagree, it would not come to pass. And then you're wondering, what happened? I I mean, I've been reading the Word. I've been in my prayer time. But you're not saying anything. You're not a doer of the Word. James said doers are justified before God, not just hearers of the Word. So you are in a dominion. You are in a position of a dominated position in this life. And so if you don't get this, then you're going to wonder, why am I still lacking? Why do I still have lack when Dr. Jacobs is telling me I have abundance? You're not agreeing with the Word. So when he talks about the Word in the church, you take that down. You go home and you talk about the Word. You speak the Word because the angels are waiting for you to speak the Word. When, when God saw that the earth was, was out form and void, he just spoke the Word. He saw it and he spoke it. So when you see things coming up in your life, you better start speaking. When you feel a pain in your body, you better start speaking. When you see that your children might be going away, well, you better start speaking. So speaking is what's going to change the atmosphere because you're speaking the word and the word has power to it. So, I mean, this is going to be something new for you. You might say, well, Pastor Cynthia, you don't understand, but that's okay. Okay. Because God is working with all of us. But we're going to have to understand the position that we're in. You're not a victim in this life. The devil made you a victim. But Jesus made you a victor. So you're seated in high places. You're seated in heavenly places. So when you see your situation, you need to look at it from heaven. You don't look at it from earth. You look at your situation from heaven, and you take your authority over everything that you need to take it over. So you all understand that he gave man dominion. So every day you wake up, you know that you're in dominion, okay? Everything that comes, you have dominion over it, okay? So that's the joy that I get when I see that God has put us in dominion. So it says, I've heard somebody say this, without God, man can do nothing. And without man, God will not. He wants you to give him an open invitation to do what he needs to do in this earth. He will not come in this earth and just do it, and that's why he didn't stop Eve. He gave man dominion. He said, I gave Adam and Eve dominion. He's not going to go against his word. He's not going to defile his word. He's not going to go against his word because then we'll be saying, we don't know what God would do. He wrote the word, but he might go against his word. So once he gave Adam and Eve dominion, it was up to them to make the right decisions. And that's why he taught them in Deuteronomy. He said, choose life. Do you not know he told Adam and Eve that in Genesis chapter 3? He said if you eat of this tree, you shall surely die. He already told them what would happen. And you know what? They made the wrong choice. So people say, "Why did God let Adam and Eve, you know, mess us up?" It was their decision. Yeah. But now you have a decision to get things right in Christ Jesus and say, you know what? I'm not going to live off Adam's and Eve's decision. Just like you won't do your mama, your grandmama. You better say, I'm of another kingdom now. I'm going to get this right. I'm going to straighten this right. Because once you straighten yourself up, then you, it, it's for your children and your children's children. So this life is not just for you. It's about your, the children and the children's children. Because when God created a, 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 a covenant with Abraham, it was for Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So it was a legacy. And that's why King David had a kingdom. Even though other people messed up, he said, I'm going to give, I promised David, I told his dad that I was going to give him a kingdom. And I'm going to give him a kingdom because I'm a God of my word. So when you see that God said, I will bless you, he will bless you. You're just going to have to agree that he's going to bless you. Because we cannot, I know Pastor Diana uh, said this one day, Psalms 126. Let's look at this. And I, this has been going off in of me, Psalms 126. She quoted this, I think, at the um, word, expo- the spirit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he said, Psalms 126, When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. God wants you to have a good life. He wants to turn everything around in your life so that you can just say, oh, my God, is this true? Just like Dr. Jacobs used to say when we were here, if I'm dreaming, don't wake me up. (laughs) So God wants you to have a good life. He even said that he wants earth to be like heaven on earth. He wants your days to be good days, but it's up to you. It's up to you on what you're going to say about your day. If you're going to say, oh, my God, I mean, I already know what's going to happen at work today. No, you speak life over your job. It will be as you say because you're in dominion. So when you go in that place, it said every place your feet should go, I am there with you. God is there with you. If your job is trying to be taken away from you, you speak dominion over that. And you said, no, you won't because that's going to affect your money. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yes. Anything that's coming against you, that's yes. coming to steal from you, yes. uh, take from you, and destroy you, that is not of God. You're going to have to rise up. And I love how Jesus did. Do you remember when he was in the boat and the storm came? And he had already told the disciples to go to the other side. And so all of a sudden they go to the other side, and then he ended up, um, he, it, was, it was the other point where he was sleeping in the boat and the storms came, Okay. And then all of a sudden, they thought, are we going to die? We need to wake Jesus up. Jesus was already with them. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But when situations come, we always acting like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? No, you don't have to do anything. Jesus would do it if you speak the word. All you got to do is know your covenant with God. And when he got up and he rebuked the sea, he rebuked it. He said, peace, be still. And then everything just went calm. He spoke the word. Jesus didn't come to show us himself. He really came to earth to show us us because we were the, he's the second Adam. He didn't come to show you him. And that's what we leave Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We say, oh, Jesus did miracles. He was showing you what you were supposed to be doing before the fall. So you got to understand he's gone. So he came to show us us, and then he gave us the power in Luke and said, I'm giving you the power and dominion. But he wants you to live a life like, oh, my God, I'm just dreaming. I just live a life of dreams. So let me dream that I have $100,000. Let me dream that I can give more money in the offering because when he gives you abundance, it's to establish the kingdom in the earth. He wants Dr. Jacobs to have an airplane. That's establishing God's kingdom. He wants to sign whatever you all are getting because it's establishing the kingdom in the earth. He wants this building to be redecorated because it's going to establish the kingdom in the earth. Anything that establishes the kingdom, you always want to move it forward financially. You don't want to take yourself out of it. You want to be a part of it because you're going to mess up on a harvest. When you don't give, he said, you won't be given back unto you. So you got to do your part. You have to give, and then it will be given back unto you. Men shall give back unto you. It's not going to be from heaven. I remember when Keisha was born, and, and Pastor Keith's mother wanted to bless us with all kind of furniture. Hello, Jessica. I didn't know you was here. <laughs> so anyway, she was buying, us, uh, buying Keisha a baby bed. So I was one. I was believing God. And I'm believing God for a baby bed. <laughs> so Pastor Keith said, my mom wants to buy Keisha a baby I said, oh, no. God is going to bless us with a baby bed. <laughs> I don't need your mama banner, her baby <laughs> But that's how ignorant we think, you know, that God is not going to use man. He's going to use man to bless you because it says that if you give, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, fresh down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. So when he said that, he said, well, why, why you don't think my, God is going to use my mother? I said, well, because I'm believing God to be God. <laughs> And so then after that, I thought, you know what, maybe I'm doing this all wrong, God. Go ahead, because I need a baby bed. My baby needs a baby bed, so let her come on with it. (laughs) Let her come on with it. And so when God said this in Matthew, uh, let's turn to, um, because Jesus gave us the authority before he left the earth. Uh, He gave us, um, let's look at Luke 10. So do you all understand why speaking is so important? Yes. So even agreeing with the word, if he say, uh, you know, he should, uh, by his stripes you're healed, you should be saying amen. Yes. Because that's the truth. Yes. That is the truth from God's word. But as Christians, we just stay so silent. And you have an adversary. I've seen Pastor Keith fight a fly in the house. And you, you won't even raise your hand to let the devil know you're not coming in here. When a flag gets in the house, I said, man, you're you in bad shape now, because if he, if he sees you, he's going to lock you up in the room somewhere. He's going to stop So if he says, that big old fly is in this house, I thought, man, I, he, he saw you. I'm, he's he's going to get you in the bathroom somewhere, and that's it. <laughs> So that's how we need to do the devil. When we see him show up, we just take him on one on one and just say, "No, you're not going to do this because I am in dominion over whatever you're trying to come against me with." But in Luke 10, he said this: 10:19. And we're going to look at um, um, Ephesians too because he told you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Luke 10:19 says this: and the seventy returned. With joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, Behold, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you. But rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Because God wants us to show up in heaven. But some people are just after the power of God. Do you remember it was the sons of Sceva and how they wanted to cast out devils? It was about seven of them that wanted to cast out devils. And they said, they talked to them, they said, Peter I know, Jesus I know, but who are you? Your name ain't written in heaven. He knows the names of those that are written in heaven. He's watching. He sees that. He he has seen all of us make Jesus the Lord of our lives. He's seen all of us denounce him as Lord. He knows that we're no longer serving him. He knows that we're now serving God, and he knows that the power of God resides on the inside of us. When God breathed into the nostrils of Adam, that was the life of God. So anything that comes against you in your mortal body, Guess what? The life of God is already in there. You can just start speaking to that in your body because the life is already flowing in your body. You don't have to be afraid of what you feel. You just start speaking that I have life on the inside of me. I'm immune from sickness and disease because heaven is on the inside of me. But if you don't say that, heaven cannot work. But don't just do it when you get pain. You do it when things are going well. Submit yourself unto God, just like Jesus said. When you go into that prayer time, you need to have a daily prayer time. I don't know, and it's not based that you work or don't work, because you cannot live this life without God. It is vital that you uh, abide in his presence. Jesus told us that. And if you don't have a prayer time, you need to say, Father, help me to create one. Help me to create a prayer time before I go to work. You don't want to go to work and think, okay, no, you are not that all that in a bag of chips where you can handle the traffic. You can't even handle the traffic. Nevertheless, somebody on your job. So you need to have time with God before you go out in the traffic. Just tell the Father, I just submit myself to you today. I'm a vessel for you today because you know what? The people that you're working with, they're not just to be there. They're because God needs a light in the midst of darkness. So if you're just thinking, I hate my job, well, you need to stop that confession because you're going to hate every job. And you're going to be a jack of all trades and a master of nothing. I don't know how many jobs they had because they hate all their jobs, you know. Well, you can't hate all your jobs. you got to ask the Father, what is my purpose in being here? Because you were happy when you got the job. Yeah. Yeah. And then nobody's speaking to you. I don't like this. Nobody, Because they know you are of the kingdom of light. Darkness knows when light shows up. They see you. They see your loving kindness toward them they see you coming in happy and excited and you wondering why jesus said they hated me without a cause you can have enemies i didn't know i could (laughs) so i ran into one one that's oh really (laughs) and i'm supposed to have them (laughs) you know if you do good it says that men are gonna hate you oh really You didn't tell me that before I accepted Christ. You waited until I got in the kingdom. (laughs) And then you told me that. And so when he said that, he said, I give you that power to tread. Do you not know that's the same word that in Genesis chapter 1 when he created us and gave us dominion? That means to tread, to prevail against. So God, the power is already in you to prevail against whatever comes against you. And a lot of people are waiting on God. God said, I'm waiting on you. I cannot move unless you tell me to move. He said, you call on me and I will answer. You're not calling on me. I cannot answer you. So if you call on me, I will answer you. If you draw nigh to me, guess what? I will draw nigh to you. So God is expecting us to respond as kingdom children. We are heirs of God, Join heirs with Jesus, so we have the power on the inside of us. So when Jesus came back, he came to give us back the power that Adam lost from us, and then he left the earth and said, "You all do it." Right. And then we're thinking, "Okay, where is Jesus? I need him." No, Jesus is <laughs> Jesus is with you, just like he was with the disciples. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you can't get your eyes off God, just like Peter did when he was walking on the water. He was doing good, following Jesus. And then all of a sudden he just started looking at other things in life. And you might, might need to replace your faith and get back up because God has need of you because he put you in this earth for a reason. You're not in this earth. You don't understand nobody's here without God uh, knowing that they're here. And God has a plan for every person. He just doesn't put people in the earth and say, you know what, I don't have a plan for them. My goodness. What can I get them to do? (laughs) And so that's the way we feel like it. Does God have a plan for me? Yes. But where you're going to find that plan out is in his presence. You're going to have to spend time with him. And we don't spend time with him enough as the New Testament Christians because it says we're supposed to meditate upon the word day and night. But because your favorite program come on at night, you can't meditate. (laughs) So you're going to hold that against everybody. You don't understand what comes on. You know, some reality show. I can't do that. Well, you're going to have to cut something off. The reality show and put in the word. Because every year when you come to that New Year's resolution, everybody won't change. But nobody changes. Nobody adds nothing different to their life. They don't even pray more, don't even read more, don't even go to church more. They just expect change to come because it's a new year. No, you're going to have to discipline yourself to be a new year. Pastor Keith said this to us uh, in spending time with God. You might not you're not going to feel like waking up being a Christian every day. But you are a Christian and you have the power of God on the inside of you. But he said when you all are getting ready to spend time with God, it's going to be a discipline we only think we're supposed to just discipline ourselves to stay away from cake, na-na-na-na. No, you're supposed to discipline yourself to go in your prayer closet. You're supposed to discipline yourself to read your Bible. And then he said after it becomes a discipline, and then it becomes a desire. Because they say in 21 days you make a habit anyway. I say 64. So I don't... (laughs) So once you discipline yourself and you make that commitment that I'm going to start spending time with the Father, you're not going to feel like it, but you have made that commitment. He's that committed to you. You need to get committed to him. And so he said then it needs to become a desire. Then all of a sudden you're going to want to wake up. Because you know what? In that prayer time and in that closet time is when he's speaking to you. So that's why you need a journal. Because it's not just saying I did my hour. No, this is a relationship that we have going on. When I spend time with my husband, we're in a relationship when we're driving down the street, when we're coming to church. It's a relationship to where we're talking back and forth. And that's what your time with the father would do. And he would tell you you what you're falling short in. He would tell you what you need to add to your life, but because you don't have that relationship, then you're looking for the pastors to tell you what to add. And we only got one hour a week to tell you what you're lacking, and then you give the world five or six days a week. So you got to understand it becomes a desire, and then after it's a desire, guess what? It becomes a delight. Now you got so much joy that it becomes a delight that I'm spending time with the Father. And that's why the Christians are missing it. We don't have that joy because in his presence there's fullness of joy. We're not coming to church even excited because we're not spending time with the Father. And he even said this. He said, this is the confidence in 1 John that I have in him that if I ask anything according to his will, he hears me. So if I know I serve a God that hears me, why would I not want to go and pray? Why would I not want to go and talk for him to change situations around? That's confidence. That's joy. When you have confidence, you have so much joy that things are being worked out on your behalf. You, you, we serve a God that doesn't slumber or sleep. He's working on your situation while you're sleeping. He's working on your situation now. And that's what we got to understand, that when we pray, the main thing I wanted to let you know is my topic is that you're executing the redemptive plan in this earth. It is an execution. You have to carry it out. God is expecting you. But when you pray, you're praying the redemption plan. So if I see something not going right, I say, oh, no, no. Jesus didn't die for them to be like that. Jesus didn't die for me to experience this. That's redemption. You have to understand, what did Jesus die for you to experience? That is redemption. So when I'm praying, it's a joy to pray. So that's why God said this. He said, men ought to always pray. And he told us in uh, Philippians 4, 6, he said, do not be anxious for anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, you want to thank him for everything that you just requested. Because you know that he heard you when you prayed. You just want to thank him and you just want to be excited about it coming because I know he hears me one time. Faith is now. So you don't have to keep praying. You just pray that one time, and you walk away with joy, thanking him for it. Because it said faith and patience work together. We forget about patience. We just think it's faith. No, faith and patience, because you got to have some patience while it's coming. And so, but God is trying to get things to us quickly. He's not trying to hold anything back. He's trying to get things to us quickly. And then, um, so you just write this down, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. It says to pray without ceasing. Because prayer is play, p- praying the redemptive plan of God in this earth. So you're going to see things throughout the whole day that you need to pray about. If you see an ambulance go up the street, just don't look at it and say, oh, I need to get out of the way. No, why don't you lift the, the person up in the ambulance? That's what you would want them to do for you. Why don't you see that something has happened to a family, a loved one, and I don't want that to happen to me, so I want to lift them up in prayer. So you got to understand, everybody that takes place that you see every day, even on your job, God wants you to lift them up with prayer because you don't want to just say, well, I already prayed today. (laughs) You know how you have some people, let's pray about this. Uh, no, I pray. Uh, no, I've already prayed. But do you not know? If you don't feel like it, it says that when you pray in the spirit, you're already going. And when you pray in tongues, you're in the spirit. Yeah. So just start praying in the spirit. Just get in the spirit and pray, And Then you'll feel like praying. Yeah. But if you base it on your feelings or how often or how, uh, did you pray today, then you're going to say I've already prayed. No, the Bible says to pray without ceasing yeah. because there's so many things to pray about. Because that's you're Jesus in the earth. Jesus came to show us us in the earth. So when he went things, he went about the Father's business every day, and he made things, he turned things around. So God is telling you that your prayers can turn situations around because you have dominion. And then Luke 18.1, it says men ought to always pray and not to faint. Um, that means to uh, faint-heartedness. It means to lose heart, to get depressed, to b- stay in a helpless state or dark, or obscure. So that's where the devil wants you to be. He wants you to think that this situation is not changing. So he wants you to faint concerning what you're asking about. But you got to understand you serve a God that hears you when you pray. So you can't let those thoughts, you got to cast those thoughts down. Because when he says resist the devil, the devil is going to come to you in thoughts. That's how he comes first. And if you keep meditating on those thoughts, you're going to glorify the devil because if you cast down the thoughts with the word of God, you're glorifying God in your thoughts. But if you let that problem stay in your thoughts, you're glorifying the problem. And that's what exactly has come in the past because you did not get rid of that thought. You have to get rid of thoughts that are not of God, and that comes through the Word of God because he said to cast that thought down with the Word of God. So you've got to replace that thought. And then once you replace that thought, then things will change in your situation, and you don't let the devil come back and tell you it's not taking place because just like Pastor, uh, Dr. Jacob said, you tell the devil that I am redeemed. I am no longer under the curse. The curse means that you have fallen from a higher position to a lower position. Jesus put you right back up in the highest place. So you're not under the curse anymore. You don't have to expect things to keep coming in your life. You cannot do that. You are blessed. When God blessed us, he put us back up into our rightful place. So you're not under the curse anymore. So you don't have to expect, expect lack to stay in your life, pain to stay. All those things have to go. But you got to speak the word of God. And I'm going to say this on uh, something about me when I started realizing this. Um, I had a situation that came, and it was something that came against my body, and it came all of a sudden, and I thought, okay, and I was—I think I was just putting some shoes up, and it came on my body, and I thought, okay, in the name of Jesus, I already know. I have dominion over this. I'm not concerned about it. I already know by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed, but do you think the pain stopped that moment? No, then it showed up again maybe four hours later. I said, oh, in Jesus' name, You know what? As much as that pain kept coming, I had to keep speaking the word because my thoughts kept saying, really? My God, do you not think? And I said, no, in the name of Jesus, I speak life to my body. I am immune from sickness and disease. And 3 John 2 says that he wants me to be in health. So I am in health according to God's word. Do you think it stopped? Then the next day it showed up. I even had Candice to pray for me one time. Candice said something. I said, and you don't want to tell them about mm-mm. about mean, You can pray for me, but you know. And she, So I know Candice has healing, uh, the gift of healing. So I said, okay, Candice, you can pray for me. But it, it continued on maybe for two days, and on the third day it just completely stopped. Yeah. But just think if I would have let the devil explain to me what that was, yeah. then I would have been saying, oh, kid, you know what, we need to go. But I said, no, I'm going to use the word of God because the, he said the word is health to all of your flesh. So the word is held to everything in your body, everything that you have need of. That's the first medication that you need to take, okay? With no side effects, you can say, "Let me take this with no side effects." And then even the over counter drugs tell you take it for seven days. So can you not do the word for seven days and then go get the overcounter or go to the doctor after that? Give your faith time to work because you've got to get it in agreement with God. And because we're so out of sync with the word of God and spending time with him, we've got to make up for the time that we have just used just on our own, just lackadaisical time. But God wants to show you his salvation. And we got to let him show us his salvation because it is real. The power of God is on the inside of you. And, you know, in, uh, in uh, Ephesians, before I close this, Ephesians 6. Well, praise God. Thank you. I just want us to be able to execute God's plan in this earth. That's And you know what? God needs you in this earth because he has a plan for you in being here. There's things that he has for you to do, just like Jesus said, I'm here to finish the will of him that sent me. And that's what you have to tell the devil. You have to tell him, I'm here to finish the will of him that sent me. That's what Jesus had to say. You have to talk to the devil just like Jesus had to talk to the devil. And so you got to get excited about the word because Jesus is the word. We always say, I'm excited. I love the word. Okay, now somebody's preaching you the word. you just like... (laughs) You're really excited, huh? You got to get excited. You, okay, so then maybe that's where y'all need to start, okay? I'm excited about the Word. You know, maybe tonight you come back excited about the Word because you have been saying it all day while you're cooking. I'm excited about the Word. While you're sweeping the floor, I'm excited about the Word. You tell your soul. That is the problem. It's not your spirit. It is your soul, man, that gets you into your feelings. And then when you come with that attitude, then you can't leave with anything because you allowed your soul, man, to dictate to you, I'm just so tired. I know we got church now. Let me go ahead and go. Well, so you know what? You're not getting anything. But the attitude of your heart has to change and line up to the Word to say, I'm excited about the Word. I'm excited about my salvation. God, you know, even David said, Father, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. He wants you to be joyful. Even the Old Testament saints want to be joyful. We're New Testament saints, and we still don't have that joy. I don't know what we got to do, you know, just practice on the rapture. But anyway, (laughs) Ephesians 6 said this, verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. See, that's who you're being strong in. He's not asking you to be strong in your own might. You don't have any might. He's asking you to be strong in him, okay, and in the power of his might. You can't handle any situation without God. And then he said, and put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Your job daily is to stand against it, not go. You know, don't let him come. The gates of hell should not prevail against you. You don't let the devil come. You engage him. You tell him, I see what number you're working on, and I got you right now. You don't wait for him to come, and then you come back and tell everybody, you know, what the devil did. No, you tell everybody, I got this. Is that what the devil? Oh, no, we're going to bind that right now. He said, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, you have the power to bind everything up that comes against you, that comes against your family, comes against anything on your job. You bind it up. Jesus did not let just anything happen in his life. Then you loose the angels of God. You loose health. You loose everything that's in heaven. You loose it and you... Because he said when Jesus... They asked Jesus how to pray. He said, pray the fathers will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God wants heaven and earth to work together. So don't just say, I don't want to bring any children in this earth. Oh, my goodness, really? That is fear, and that is a spirit. God has not given you the spirit of fear because when you train your children up, you're training them up to be warriors for God. You're training them up to say, no, you got this. God wants you to rule and reign in this life, and you can rule and reign. If Noah did it, we can do it. If Deborah did it, we can do it. I mean, everything comes back around, it says. Everything that you're seeing in this life comes back around. It says there's nothing new under the sun. So if they had all the promiscuous lifestyles, they had it back in their day. Jesus had it in his day, okay? And so you got to understand there's nothing new under the sun, so you can't just say, well, this world is coming to an end because of what's happening. No, it happened back in everybody's day. So you got to understand that. But he has given you authority over every situation that comes in this life. And then he said this in um, in, in, um Mm, mm, Ephesians, he said, because you're wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. And these things are a defeated foe to you. They have no authority over you. Jesus said, I've given you authority over principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. So these things should not let you, you shouldn't be afraid of rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. No, I rule and reign. I'm above them. I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. I am over all these principalities and powers, and I have dominion on this earth to tell them what to do. And they will follow through with what you tell them to do because you rule and you reign. It's just like the centurion said. He said, I'm in authority. I already know, Jesus, if you just speak the word, my servant would be made whole. So God is saying, if you just speak the word, the situation would change, but you're not speaking the word. The centurion knew that about Jesus. And you're Jesus in the earth. You're a joint heir with Jesus. So your job is to speak life in this earth. How you doing? Okay. <laughs> okay. Then he said this Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day in the evil day, but when evil day come, we just act like we're going to fold under. He said to be able to withstand in the evil day because you're supposed to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And you got to tell yourself that. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of His might because the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. And when you speak forth victory, it agitates. It, it, it causes the Holy Ghost to be activated on the inside of you. Then He will start strengthening you in areas. Spiritually, you'll be d- doing things boldly that you didn't even know you were doing because you're saying, I'm strong in the Lord. Lord, and in the power of His might. So you got to understand, everything is on the inside of you. He said, "Wherefore, taking to you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand uh, with the evil evil day." And having done all to stand, stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth. That's the word of God. And having on the breastplate of righteousness, which you are righteous in Christ Jesus. And your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And that's what you need to be preaching. He told you to go into all the world and preach the gospel that we have peace with God now. you got to understand, man thinks that God doesn't like them, but it takes the body of Christ to say, no, he loves you. He has a plan for you. He has a plan for your children. When you start telling them the good things about God, they get in peace. with. They say, oh, I want to serve this kind of God. Because there are people that are going to other religions, Buddhist, and all these places thinking that I'm serving the right God. Their God cannot hear or see. We serve a God that can hear and see. We serve a God that he said that his arm is not shortened, that he cannot save. Their God will not save them at all. So they still need you preaching the good news to them because they, they're people, and they have real situations in life just like you have them. So you got to go out and preach the gospel. And above all, take the shield of faith. That's what you're supposed to be living by. The just shall live by faith. That's the Word of God. So you're supposed to be living by faith. And then 17 says this, And take the helmet of salvation, which is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That is a a piece of your armor, is the Word of God. So that's exactly what Dr. Jacobs, what all the people that have come through here is trying to tell you. Take up that shield of faith. Take up that sword of the Spirit and use it. You have the faith on the inside of you. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God, so you're getting faith right now. Yeah. But he's telling you to take up that sword now. And that is the word of God, and you speak it out, and you watch situations change. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So I just wanted to encourage you that um, through faith and patience you inherit the promise. That's in Hebrews 6.12. But out of everything, Psalms 107, when, I mean 107, when it tells you that you are redeemed, and let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So if you are redeemed, you have to say so. But so I would just like uh, the praise and worship people um, to come up. Praise God. Hopefully you all got something. Hopefully you're leaving on a total different mindset than what you came in here with concerning your dominion. That you're in, That's your position. You're a dominator in this earth. And if you need me to just pray for you, I just I'm going to ask them to just come up and we just they're going to sing the song. But I just feel like some of you need to just get back up. Some of you all need to get back up on your faith again and maybe there's things in your life that I said that you want me to pray for you about, then I want you to come up here because God doesn't want you to leave here the same. You're just going to make a statement. I'm ready to use my dominion, and you're ready to use the Word of God. That's exactly what you're doing. So if you need me to pray for you and to bless you before I leave, I just want you to come up to the altar.